Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, nothing happened today. Thank you, federal government. I mean, it's just a ridiculous thing to say that the news is that nothing happened. Therefore, we should be grateful that something was going to happen and was prevented. And of course, I'm talking about the March 4th insurrection part two that everybody said was coming because that was the constitutional inauguration day when Trump, Batman, was going to take the stage and take back this country or lead the revolution, whichever came first. And we've been bombarded with reports of chatter, fear mongering, the Capitol Hill hearings telling us, beware, beware the 4th of March. And now, thank goodness, because of all their foresight, intel and scaremongering, nothing happened. And we can thank them for that and the totalitarian technocracy that is taking over. That is the way that this will be spun. The feds stopped it before it happened. We'll probably get an indictment where we'll read about it and we'll find out about all the undercover agents and the one really stupid person they were trying to set up and maybe they pin the blame on. But they went as far as to as to canceling previously scheduled votes that were supposed to happen on Capitol Hill with House Democrats because of a possible plot by a militia group. The militia group, according to the AP, is the three percenters and... What this story is going to do is it is going to give the the ability for the feds to say, we got to win. This is our first win in this new fight against domestic terror. Therefore, all these methods that we use to stop it, we should normalize them and we should expand them. Methods like banning certain groups from social media. People who certain groups aren't allowed to speak on there because they could incite violence methods like getting phone data from phone companies like AT&T from the March or the January 6th event where they're, they're collecting people's data, knowing where they're tracking, getting access to their text messages. It all stopped the terror event. And that's funny because. All along, when libertarians would say, you can't have warrantless wiretaps, you can't have Guantanamo, you can't. And Republicans who acted like they defended the Constitution would say, but those are foreigners. They don't have rights. This is a war. They're terrorists. Well, we said it's a slippery slope. And that's exactly what it is. AT&T specifically was a part of that. All of those things. And even Bill Barr, the former attorney general under Trump, said we saw how well this worked for Middle Eastern terrorism. Now we're going to bring it home against our own, quote, terrorists. Yeah. And something I noticed in the reporting on this, alongside the reporting on some other stories where they were talking about an Iran backed militia, kept using the word Iran backed militia. And then you go over and you see the domestic terror stories stopped a militia group. The three percent is a militia group. So using the same terms to describe the foreign terrorist groups with the domestic terrorist groups. And they always set up this villain, this word that once you label it that word, All bets are off. All sovereignty is off. All rights are off. How easy is it to invent a word and impart a lot of prejudice into it or a lot of content that isn't really there? So I kind of coined a term that they're they're experiencing guardian angel syndrome or the guardian angel phenomenon, where if it weren't for the guardian angel that's following you around with surveillance and um, complete absence of the Bill of Rights, like we are stopping these things before they start where you are 
we are the six feet. We are the six feet around you that keeps things from happening. That would and, be the perfect name for some of this, these surveillance methods or, or AI robots in yeah, a dystopian novel. Very Orwellian. We are the six feet because I saw somebody, I went to CVS yesterday and this old lady was literally saw me coming and lost her mind. She should not have been at CVS. She, I had a mask on and everything. <laughs> she had both her hands out onto her side so like she could establish six feet, but that, you know, your arms are only like three feet. She, she was, was she walking like that? Yes. She was walking <laughs> with her hand, looking at me like, get away from me, get away from me. It was the craziest thing. Anyway, so then I thought like that that's what the government wants you to think. We are your six feet. We are your bubble. And you did have a mask on or didn't? Yeah, I did have a mask on. And I now know I have the antibodies. Not that I even believe that's how that actually works, but... I mean, whatever, but that's how that's going to unroll. We can talk about that in a little bit about the vaccinations and the coming vaccine apartheid. Yeah. But, uh, but I will, now that we're talking about the comparison between the domestic terrorists and the foreign terrorists, the FBI, we, Judge Napolitano, the New York Times, all reported that the vast majority, almost all of them, like in the 90 plus percentage of, quote, terrorists were FBI plots. They were. So the FBI creates it and then tells you they're saving you from it and justifies all of these extra constitutional powers. Yeah. And they even throw in in these articles about the story, which is uh, they kind of have to since nothing happened. And they say that several groups, several QAnon groups still operating on, on the social media platform Telegram warned their followers to stay away from any March 4th events, claiming it was a setup for Trump supporters, which I have said and, and we've right. talked and, about multiple and then times. They, they make it look like it was there, but they, people were scared straight. This phenomenon, I noticed it. Uh, really the, the worst example of it I had seen until then was just a couple of weeks ago with the Texas hurricane or whatever, the Texas, uh, polar vortex. And, and I kept telling them, like, we've had, we've got this blackout, this terrible power outage because the supply could not meet demand. We, we just have to take their word for it because they shut the power off. They said to avoid catastrophe, we created this catastrophe. It's like, well, I'm not I think I might take my chances with actual catastrophe than having your judgment impose a catastrophe on me and then tell me to thank you. Yeah. So this this preemptive catastrophe, a man-made preemptive catastrophe. Yes, against a man-made actual potential catastrophe. I can't I can't get my mind around it, but this is the guardian angel phenomenon. Uh, I'm going to call it the guardian angel canard. That is what it is. <laughs> the guardian angel canard. Yes, another one for the glossary. There you go. Uh, so, but here's a funny thing that's counterbalancing that, of course. It is time for the cycle, the wave. I almost feel like it's um, you know, a sign curve or something where we're going to move away from the domestic terrorism theme. for that's, That was the, the last two months. And then we're going to move back to the Black Lives Matter stuff and the, those kind of protest theme. Mm -hmm. And then it'll, it'll juice the right... Against so yeah, when we so we actually talked about this yesterday, like Ray said, domestic terrorists are white supremacists, and Grassley said, don't forget, don't forget the left extremists, the Antifa stuff, so that both sides feel like there is this grassroots domestic danger that um, our constitutional rights are are stale against. The Constitution is a boomer. 
The Bill of Rights is a boomer. Yeah, it's it's in the way of stopping these domestic terror and protecting all of the activists. And a lot of this stuff is going to come to head. And I think a lot of the things we've been seeing is leading up to the trial of Officer Chauvin, who was involved as a guy from the infamous video who had his knee on George Floyd's neck, the police officer, police officer from Minneapolis. So the, the trial is set for March 29th and the jury selection is going to begin next Monday. They have been erecting security around the perimeter, around the city hall and nearby buildings. They have National Guard troops are going to be there. There's going to be hundreds of law enforcement. Sounds very similar to what we're hearing about the Capitol and Chauvin, who's being charged with second degree murder and manslaughter is going to be on a trial that will be live streamed on court TV. And the reason it's being live streamed on court TV is because Judge Cahill in Minnesota, he, he determined that there's such global interest in this case that it must be live streamed to the world. It seems like an O.J. Simpson uh, okay. meets Ferguson situation. Okay. All right. So now I get it. I, I actually looked up that judge to see what we could expect if he was like a super deep state guy who happened to preside over uh, a bunch of high profile, wrongly decided cases. And I'm always looking for a federal judge to fill that bill. This guy seems local all the way. Minnesota College, Minneapolis, et cetera, et cetera. So I in my cursory overview of this guy didn't seem like a classic deep stater but i'm no doubt it would be hard for me to believe that he didn't he's not getting coaching on how to handle this definitely and and that so i was thinking at first like the live stream if you're thinking about a kind of traditional court of law there's a lot of rules and you can't get in a lot of the stuff that would prejudice the jury like it doesn't it's not as like Richard Gere or Tom Cruise as you would think it would be as it's portrayed on the movies. So what what so I just thought, wow, live stream would really bring this thing down to earth. So now I think that they've got it set up, probably Bill Cosby style, where it's going to it's going to break a lot of rules, but deliver emotionally charged injustice or demonstration of injustice in real time. In order to provoke people. I mean, I don't know, but this kind of stuff, if they didn't know the outcome, it wouldn't be on the national news. It it is being set up to be a disaster. We talked yesterday about the Hawks game, or not the Hawks game, the All-Star game with all the police officers outside, the uh, black college students inside, and just the environment being set up for for conflict. Same thing here. There's already Black Lives Matters protests that are going to be starting on Monday with a jury selection and are likely to continue throughout. So we have a televised event that was the source of all of the chaos that went on over the summer and we have protesters already there we have a barrier already built i mean this is being set up to be chaos speaking of which there was a plan in minnesota to hire social media influencers to push out the proper messaging to dispel disinformation in and around Minnesota to spread that around the country. They have dropped this plan, but the reason I'm telling you about it is because this is a type of thing that's done anyway, and it gives insight into the way that they try and push these messages through these influencers that 
might seem to come at people more indirectly than directly. The original plan was this. They were going to collaborate with social media partners to share public information with cultural communities and to help dispel potential misinformation during the upcoming trials of the officers. The goal is to increase access to information to these communities who do not typically follow mainstream news sources. Wow. So that's what they wanted. there is so much to that. Yeah. And... The reason they're dropping it is because it got national attention and there was some pushback. on. I think it was a trial balloon to see if people are okay with being propagandized. They're still going to do it, just not going to be as open about it, in my opinion. But yes, they definitely still do it. And I think that that... They they're just setting it up to do it more openly. That's exactly what I think, too. Go look at that. um, What was it? The thing that that came down right around when Michael Hastings died, Smith Munt, maybe um, it was 2012, where they could they used to be able to propagandize foreign audiences. And now they're allowed to propagandize domestic audiences as long as it's not intended to influence domestic policy, something like that. Yeah. But they're slowly just normalizing and legitimizing haha the propagandizing of us but the live streaming of the trial was probably plan b or always plan a which doesn't seem as bad as the influencers so maybe they said we're going to try to get to the minority communities to get them the truth that they need around this and then because everyone puked on that which they don't normally care if people puke on stuff they just say everybody loves it so but people puked on it hot supposedly and then they will say okay that's why we're live streaming it so when the live streaming causes riots they're going to say well if you would just let us propagandize people we could have nudged them in the direction we wanted but instead you gave them raw data which they could not handle yeah that's they, what to watch out for right uh, absolutely and they were, they were going to pay the influencers two thousand dollars each it was probably not enough money if you ask me they probably said you have to give me a little bit more than that to be a part of this propaganda operation well, yeah but they don't it's never for that kind of stuff is not for the money because they do it to get all the halo effect that's a good point okay. so an article from 538, the statistic website over there. I can test that guy. Yeah. Why QAnon has attracted so many white evangelicals. And the takeaway here is that the article says the biggest connection between the world of QAnon and the world of evangelical Christians is one that's much harder to quantify and capture, but it seems obvious when you talk to someone in the group, and it's that the QAnon movement has suffered multiple failed prophecies and predictions for these events, and that continue to holding on to the belief in spite of the disappointments, the followers need something that many evangelicals have in spades. I think you know the answer. Faith. Faith. Exactly. (laughs) People of faith believe in divine plan and that they're forces of good and evil at work in the world. Boy, that is some nasty. That is offensive. QAnon is a train that runs on the tracks that religion has already put in place. That makes me want to puke. Although I will tell you, I have never considered religion a matter of faith ever, ever, ever. It is simply when I think of God and the possibility of God, it's always just as a possibility that you can articulate. The alternative is I have no idea. 
Right. So it's either right. there's something fifth dimensional that has order and imparts order into this universe. That's like as far as I'll go into finding God. And it's not a matter of faith. And also you can also have like a sort of Gnosticism where you look inside yourself and you do find a voice that isn't necessarily totally a function of evolution. And you can say, oh, OK, like there's clearly an inner dimension that is not explained by this stuff. I don't I think it's a it's a possible conclusion rather than faith but it's so it's that's like the double whammy of rudeness in my opinion yeah but i feel i do feel like the next step with the q thing i i think that the the religious element to it is going to be the stepping stone we saw them bring out the christianity element of it like just as trump was leaving office and i assume that's because he has Jewish grandchildren, so you really couldn't go full Nazi anti-Semitic with Trump in in the lead. And then they all of a sudden just went all Christian, and I anticipated it would be anti-Semitic and anti-Islamic. And then when I saw how much attention is being paid to the Epstein thing in connection to Mossad and stuff, I feel like the pedo anti-Semitism connection is the future for Q. And this might be all that, you know, first they focus on the Christianity element and then they can, they can put in the exclusiveness, the xenophobia around religion, not just racial or national identity. Yeah, they have slowly morphed QAnon into the the demon of their liking. They're shaping it into they what it what it wanted and to be. Lynn Wood did that. The Gab guy did that. Yeah. Where they just have these like memes that are kind of Jesus or or like uh, priests or monks. Like they they have like which uh, you know just it doesn't ring true in my experience with religion. It seems very pop. Right. Yeah. Very dysfunctional to, or like subculture, pop subculture. Yeah. And to be clear, the way the media represents QAnon, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about yeah. what people who might follow some of the things might believe. Because I know I talked to a lot of people who say they they misrepresent us. They don't. That's not what. Oh, yeah. We yeah. yeah we're talking cr- about yes, how they represent clarifying. it. This is what makes me hurt. People get mad at me for like being, quote, anti-Q. I completely defend them against these misrepresentations yeah. from the media. I mean, I, all I'm pointing out is. The media is heavily invested and the powers that be the politicians into crafting a thing they call Q and imparting to it, projecting onto it its motives, its potentials, its evils. And the people who actually think that the narrative of Q being a good force within the system to fight back a kind of like virtuous deep state, they do not have these attributes that are being projected onto them. Yeah. But they will certainly be painted as having them. And Absolutely. that's where the danger lies. Yeah. And that's why I try to alert people like, watch out. They, this is seems like a setup to me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely watch out. My favorite story of the day. And I think you'll like this one as well. We found out that Joe Biden called off a second strike to Syria after a last minute warning after the missile was in the air, that on the ground there were women and children. Oh, because the last missile only killed people who had been convicted by a jury of their peers? I, I guess that must be. <laughs> so the last one had perfect justice on it? Yeah. Joe Biden's not going to let a woman and her children in Syria get hit by a missile. I, he stopped, turned that missile around. I saw a picture of a missile 
attached to a, a bomber jet. It's probably fake, but it had like a BLM, Black Lives Matter on it. I saw those photos. Yeah, those and memes. And it's like, the B definitely did not sound, stand for brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It was definitely not. But yeah, it's so silly. The other so, part of the story that's yeah. great is that in the article... It also says that the first attack went ahead on the advice of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. So it says Biden stopped the second one to save oh children. And the first one was the fault of the black guy Biden just hired. Oh, maybe they put a black guy in there to be a scapegoat. It's so racist that like our action in the Middle East come off as so racist. You know, if you go with the kind of colonial narrative. Yeah, yeah. Color is. I mean, I found that a little bit odd that they blamed him. You know, I think they might throw that guy under the bus um, across the board. He may be a true scapegoat because I've been seeing just story after story. They're obviously trying to change some protocols about how the Pentagon controls the National Guard or whatever's happening in D.C. Maybe it goes to the statehood issue. I don't know, but they've been highlighting through and through. That on January 6th, the reason the National Guard was red, they were in the buses. And I remember the stories at the time and like I didn't know where it was going, that it could not be deployed because of a delay in authorization from the Pentagon, which which not only points a picture at the bad rules, but it says that uh, the Pentagon was incompetent and they keep showing a picture of Lloyd Austin. But. He wasn't the Secretary of Defense on January 6th. It was before the inauguration. I believe there was an acting secretary on that day. I can't even, um, maybe it was David Norquist. I can't really remember. But uh, so so it is possible that they're going to set that guy up to look, to quietly say it's like an affirmative action thing, that he really doesn't have his shit together. Ah, sorry. I hate to do that. (laughs) I want you to share it with your kids. So that he doesn't have his stuff together. And that uh, because of that, and this is totally racist, they'll be like, okay, well, you have that guy in there, but you have to disempower him. Like, we have to cut the threads. Like, he can't really be in control. It just has to be like a figurehead, you know? I mean, because people, there are, there they we have found like probably millions of pages of stuff where they talk about uh, the psychological underpinnings of certain decisions, the word optics mm-hmm. in in the vernacular in the lexicon means how it looks to people, <laughs> right. the impression it makes in their in their minds like this stuff happens. And Biden being incompetent, incompetent or seeming incompetent gives him cover as well to say. I, I think that I think that that little theme is on hold for a while. I don't know. Been I've been hearing very it a little clearly. bit. I've Have been, you? No, well, some of this, not really. Yesterday, there was something he did where he was just fumbling around and he forgot that he was going to take questions. And yeah. he was like, I guess I could take questions if that's what you want. And then they cut the camera off. All right. Well, maybe they didn't want him to have to answer any questions <laughs> yeah. for political reasons, because when he was saying about the COVID-19 bill, he was it. Crystal clear. But, you know, they do say maybe early stage Alzheimer comes and goes. I still think that that whole thing was just a a gaslighting and truly in the true sense of the word gaslighting. So, well, I have some I have a few COVID things to talk about and all this this new auto rule. Let me give you a little COVID and then. 
for <laughs> not going to give you COVID. I can't. A, give you you COVID. just committed assault right there. <laughs> yeah, yes, actionable. All right, so I keep hearing them say that we're going to have. This is a funny thing that I've been hearing over and over again in the news, is that they they one thing was a quote about Fauci where the guy said it was this Fox guy I don't like. He he sounds super nice and like implants and these things that are totally wrong and bad he said so referring to fauci i don't know if it was a direct quote or what but i wrote down the quote from the news he said we need to keep our guard up as we are almost at the end of this year-long pandemic and that along with the la unified saying we've been working on our passport pass for a year and then that along with Another, I forget who it was, um, a legislator in D.C. saying we'll have herd immunity in by mid-year and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's it feels like there was so much, so many moving pieces, so much uncertainty a year ago and ever every day since then. And now they're like, oh, the vaccine is 10 percent or 20 percent out there. We have like 10 percent effective and at a certain threshold. When you look at the, quote, efficacy of the vaccines, the way they say it's 95 percent, 99 percent, it's nothing like that. I mean, some of these things aren't aren't. Uh, at all effective. As a matter of fact, the AstraZeneca one is is languishing in warehouses in Europe because they say there's virtually no evidence of efficacy in that cohort of yeah. the people who are on the A-list. It's just a whole bunch of jumbled mess, but it seems very planned and unrolling according to script at this point. Yeah, it really does. I saw an article earlier, too, that was the gist of it was rich white people swoop in to take vaccines away from low income black communities. I'm like, is that really the tactic you're, you're using now? Even to though try and- they're spending $250 million on trying to get minority communities to take the vaccine. Yeah. I don't believe they- that at all. That story. Not that one. Not oh yours. I mean, my, the one the one about the white no. people swooping in trying to yes. steal it. No, I overheard somebody on the plane say exactly that. It was the craziest thing. And it's not that they're swooping in. This is how it happened. It was so annoying because I wanted to read my book. And this woman, because I was, came in from New York, she was saying this, that she she was telling everybody on the plane how she's been fully vaccinated. So they don't need to be afraid of her, but she'll still keep <laughs> her mask on. And I felt the same way because I have these so-called antibodies. And I was like, whatever, you're not getting it from me no matter what. Anyway, probably not getting it from anybody. It's probably 5G, but whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so she said, she said, oh, it was so great. And how many people have you heard this from? From. Or I've encountered this five other times. It was so great. I was just sitting there and I was like on Facebook or whatever. And all of a sudden, like I got texted or I got a message or whatever, like, oh, my gosh, there are vaccine availability in your neighborhood. If you hurry. Yeah. I've heard this many times. Like my kid had a, a meeting canceled. My husband had a meeting canceled because the person's like dropped everything to go get the vaccine. So it was <laughs> wow. in an inner city neighborhood. So she said, I dropped everything. And like the way she was talking, it was very kind of clueless, racially. She's like, it was on a Sunday and everybody was dressed to the nines and people were so like these black ladies were so helpful to me and I'm on crutches. And so they were just escorting me to the front of the line and whatever. And I'm thinking she's on crutches and was escorted to the front of the vaccine line. Yeah. By these very, you know, Sunday best black ladies. So that's why. That then what I'm thinking is for they have extra vaccinations because yeah. they've been swamping the inner cities with the vaccines yeah. that they don't want. That's, so then yeah. they put out the call 
to the the like people who are otherwise ineligible that if you can get there because we've already defrosted this batch or whatever but that is a phenomenon that is being reverse engineered possibly or in any case it isn't what they're telling you it is so they can create those stories maybe get some photos of that happening and then use that in public relations materials to say look they're trying to take it away and what they're actually exploiting is the open desperation of uh of self-important upper middle class <laughs> yeah. Karens yeah. you know that they will drop and they're completely freaking brainwashed so they're going to drop everything to get the damn thing and then they're going to the inner cities where people are like sure lady you, why don't you go to the front of the line I'm just waiting for a cab right yeah. <laughs> you know I just think it's funny <laughs> uh, anyway but so so for the last story of the free 30 I want to tell you about the significance of the news coming out today about auto fatalities going through the roof for the first time since 1924. I have a lot about that that you need to read between the lines, but you're going to get it when I tell you. And also in the Patreon 15, we've got some funny stuff. Great apes, Vikings, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. This has not been verified, but I believe the person I'm talking about might be a baby blood drinking Luciferian. I'm just. Oh, well, I have an idea who that might be. (laughs) In the news today. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. Everybody's favorite ad is the only actual commercial in the can that we play on this show because people love it. And uh, so let's let's hit it. Bink. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great Great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. Love that one. Oh, yeah, and too. please use the code prop 10 and you get 10 percent off and plus they know that we're uh supporting them as they support us very much appreciated and i would like to tell y'all how you can support us directly one is i actually was talking to a patron yesterday and i realized the true value of our show the free stuff which is, I used to say, like, listen to the show so that you can put your mother-in-law in her place at dinner. But that's <laughs> just silly. Nobody really cares about that. But they do care about being able to. I'm coining a phrase here. I think I coined it yesterday. The way agorists talk about counter-economics, thanks to SEK3, I am talking about counter-education. So I, when your kids come home from school with a bunch of crap that they're getting from CNN 10 or whatever, you, I would like to check out from the news as much as the next guy, but, the, but if you have people in the world 
they need to know what's really going on. They don't need to go out there and argue it, but they need to know the truth and be forearmed. And that really, I finally, like, I have great thanks to that patron because I now understand why this is important. And if you do too, then you appreciate our free stuff. And the way you can support it, if you can afford it, is to join Patreon. You don't need to take advantage of the content and the extra perks, but every tier comes with an overwhelming value of perks. That that is our goal, to make sure that we continue to produce just a ton of high-quality content for our supporters. So if you, even if you can't use it all, it would be appreciated. Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report. And I encourage you this week to consider a patron of the truth tier. That's a $10 tier. It gets all of our extra content. And for a few dollars more, you get to to do a disappearing patron party the first Friday of the month. That's this Friday. It's for much less than it would cost to just buy Binkley and me a drink. <laughs> and, uh, and you get to enjoy that with us. You do have to bring your own. The way it works is he and I are um, live streaming video, but y'all are in the chat. Like you type in the chat, but it is the most communal feeling I get ever. We get so many people think it is the best part of the <laughs> propaganda report. So highly recommend you check it out. Even if you just check it out for one month, Sign up and cancel after month, but that the first Friday disappearing patron party is Friday, March 5th, and it starts at eight o'clock Eastern, five Pacific. So give that a thought. And, and you might find out what goes better with whiskey, Gatorade or Powerade. Yes, that is an inside joke that you can imagine which of us that pertains to. <clears throat> I will show you the difference between a martini glass and a sour glass, if you care to see it. And if you don't like to hear our little self-promotion, if you become a patron, you will not hear this stuff because we have a completely commercial-free feed. It's 45 minutes every day, and you will uh, get to hear a little bit less of me, but a little bit more of the stories. And now, on to the last story of the Free 30... There was an article that draw, uh, automotive deaths are through the roof 2020 over 2019. I found a tweet of my own from 2017 saying an inexplicable rise in highway deaths will play into the driverless agenda. So that I tweeted that. Oh, that was your tweet. Yeah, it was a what's what chat for. I can always find my my predictions because I always put in hashtag WTWOF so that I can search quickly. So I knew I had been way ahead of this. It's ridiculous to think that there was a surge in highway deaths in 2020 when the miles driven plummeted. I couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. And then over the past months, and as soon as I say this, everyone's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It has to be, or I should say, I'm going to be really surprised if it is not pedestrians getting hit by cars. That's where the because that that's fatalities, right? So if a car hits a another car, the chances of getting of dying are relatively low. But if you get hit by a car as a meat bag, you're gonna chances of dying are very high. So the per, per, so the rate would go up. They are not breaking out the details. I did find the 2019 pedestrian death number, and I think it was uh, around eight thousand. So there's 39,000 total deaths last year, 2019, or 37,000, 8,000 were pedestrians. My guess is that the increase is disproportionately pedestrians. But 
that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is reckless driving, speeding, all this stuff. And I'm sure, well, I'm not, I'm sure nothing, but I wouldn't be surprised if that went up a little bit. Maybe it's just that cops had more time to issue citations. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a possibility. That, you know, you, you, these kind of stats. Well, COVID causes bad driving also, so. Exactly. People are drunker, but they're not going anywhere. It's very weird. Anyway, it, it was a 24% spike in roadway deaths, the highest in 96 years. Wow. But I immediately, every article, every damn article I read had uh, the, the closing paragraph, as always, is the agenda. And Pete Booty Gig is the transportation Secretary, so you got to figure this is going to be a big job. It's probably going to have to do with infrastructure revamping. They're saying crazy things. They want to make the roads narrower so that people slow down. Why do people go slower on narrower roads? I hate narrow roads. Yeah, because they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. So they're You're, literally yeah. like, we want to accentuate the danger by making it more dangerous. Like it is. Maybe the they could put obstacles stuff. in the road. They want to put speed bumps in. Which, you know, I mean, and then the they want to have a mandatory breathalyzer attached to every new car steering wheel. What? Yep. Mad wants that. And that was in two different articles. So they want uh, automated surveillance and enforcement. So they want the cameras everywhere to like send you a ticket. I was wondering when that was coming, when they were just going to, because they don't send you a ticket every time you do something wrong. And now they're going to say that's a reason for round the clock, total surveillance everywhere. And a reason to outlaw old cars. Well, they already, Cash for Clunkers already really did that. We've just scrapped everything that isn't attached to the grid. But you're right. You're right. That's also true. But they'll have to get rid of that when they make the smart roads anyway for the driverless cars. And that'll be something that that they are going to promote here. They want driver assist. So that is basically that that's going to be booty gigs thing. Driver assist is the stepping stone to driverless cars. They want to accommodate pedestrian and bike safety. Which I hate, oh, like gosh. using the bicycle, the roads that are there to get you to work for somebody's sport like that really annoys me. But now that they have closed down all the gyms, you feel like, well, what else can I do? And then you're going to love the punchline here. The last thing. Uh, oh, Booty Gig wants to put electric vehicle charging stations and all that kind of stuff. But. Why do you think that this is urgent to do this right away? To do it right away. Yeah, like auto. I'm going to I'm going to give you a a sentence and you fill in the blank. All right. There's an urgent need to address this because auto accidents are Sorry, I didn't word that right. It disproportionately impacts disproportionately impacts minorities. Correct. Yeah. Auto, Every single thing has that angle. Racist. That's, that's crazy. Are that, racist. Wow. What can <laughs> they not make racist? Is there anything that is not racist? That is. I, my guess is that it's just it just makes it easier to get the you know get the obviously get the approval get the funding. I don't know. Do they even give the argument as to why auto accidents? Just because are racist? more uh, um, more minorities. Like the rate of auto deaths is higher in minorities than white people. Like I didn't see the stat of why, but that's just what they're saying. But yeah. I mean, jeez, 
this. It just doesn't. It's ridiculous. Everything. Everything is identity. It's probably Everything. all. It's probably all economics from the COVID stuff to the auto. Like, it's probably all economics. So, which if you looked at it that way, like historical Marxism versus Frankfurt School, like neo-Marxism identity stuff, it would it would disempower the whole identity thing. They brought the identity thing in because people didn't, anyway. This is just wealthy white people exploiting black people under the guise of being a social justice representative of black people and minorities. It is so insulting, I think. I think it's insulting to to minorities the way that they're being exploited for these powerful and rich people to push their agenda and just get what they want. And it's totally not for any kind of loving care. Not at all. Because you know why? You know what I was thinking of? Klaus and every single thing in the World Economic Forum is talking about equity. What did I say? The first day the first COVID policy came down. I remember sitting right in this chair. It was probably one year ago to the day. And I said... This is the most regressive scenario I have ever seen in my life. Most regressive ever. It cannot be more regressive than this. It was absolutely right on its face from minute one. And these guys brought it down upon us. And boy, we got to stop going over, man. You're right. I need to do my shout outs. (laughs) I need to do my shout outs. So I do. I have some great shout outs today. First of all, I have a lot of really um supportive patrons who've been with us a long time eve b sean d gino keith g joe from the legit bat podcast that we've been on a couple of times whose wife has a great butt you might recall and also got a big shout out from everybody's favorite canuck is that Canadian? Canadian, I think so. Are all Canadians considered Canucks, or is that a? Uh, I don't know. That might be. You have to be a. Might be racist. Well, since this guy's name is Joe Tundra, you got to figure he's he's up there, up there, and he has a lovely shout out for us. He says, "I've got a shout out to four people I love: Monica, Binkley, Pete Q, and Garland. You guys are out there every day, following your hearts and principles, willing to wade into the muck to find and tell truths." For us, when lies would be so much easier. I'm tough, but I couldn't do it. It would break me. But you, soldier on, suffering the slings and arrows of outrageous outrage, not for glory, but because it is right. You are respected and appreciated more than you can know. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Joe. I'm humbled and embarrassed. Yeah, very kind. Yeah. I feel like he he gets it because for whatever, that's it. That's all we, that's why we're here. It's kind well, of. I like Joe. Joe has a good sense of humor, too. Oh, yes. He, and he's very interesting. He's had a lot of experiences, experiences mm. and wealth of knowledge and a different perspective. So thank you very much, Joe, for your continuing support. And on to the patron 15. And we uh, if you're not if you're not a patron, then we'll just talk to you tomorrow. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 